I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, so Old Home Week continues. Last week, it was Tom Jones for two shows. This week, I got my favorite guy that we used to produce our show, Rick and Tom, WDE, way back when. He's now... Long-time uh, member of the USS broadcast team now, Derek Sharp. Derek, good you're here, man. You're going to join us for a couple of days. Steve Bursnick's on vacation, and we get to be together. Yeah, he just dropped a few random dates in my uh, <laughs> email, and I said, yep, yep, yep. And then I actually looked at the dates, and I went, no, I can't do that one. But, yeah, I was uh, happy to jump at the <laughs> opportunity and certainly uh, – Clear USF's name. Just kidding. <laughs> wow. I'm just yeah. kidding. It's been, been on my enjoying... timeline for a while. Let me tell you. I've been Ooh. enjoying all that. Uh, don't worry. I'll, I'll I'll talk some of those folks off the ledge uh, if, oh, if we get around, if we get around to it. But uh, oh, we will. Just just so just you guys know, that's not why this was already scheduled. Uh, <laughs> that right. I would be f- filling in for Steve Versnick, who uh, believe me, uh, you guys hear him on this podcast but you might not have an idea of truly the work that he does and he oh, certainly man. deserves some time off and i found out that he was basically taking every opportunity to watch every baseball game he could with his uh kids so it's actually kind of a fun vacation that he's taken and like i said glad to be here to help out yeah no we did not bring you aboard just to try to soften some of the rhetoric that's out there <laughs> believe me uh, if you haven't been following my timeline, please try. But, uh, I guess some folks are a little upset about Matt Baker and some, I, I don't know. There, look, there's guess? always, well, yeah, no, I think, I think they actually are, to be honest with you. And, and I get it. I mean, you know, um, we follow the bulls. I mean, this is, I'll say this and we won't stay on this too long. Cause I'm sure we'll talk about it again, but, um, I think what people have to understand, like there, there's a lot, and I, I deal with this on the bucks very often. It's like that there's a belief by some maybe some of the newer folks or younger folks i suppose that think that it's the local journalist or local broadcast or local tv or what have whatever have you that's should support the word support should support the local teams right which the, the word support is it's sort of ambiguous right it can mean a lot of things okay um but and i've i've had this this sort of conversation with Bucks fans too is that you know like our job is just to report good stories and and the fact of the matter is 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 our department the Tampa Bay Times not making apologies it's nationwide we've become smaller and smaller um that's the industry and so choices have had to be made and for example Joey Knight was a full-time USF beat writer um and then he wasn't right and so business decisions are made about you know where do you where do you apply the resources now that does that mean we don't cover USF or we don't care about USF or you know it's it's basically just how are you going to when you have one college football writer uh or college writer uh Matt Baker also has to look at Florida also has to look at Florida state and 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 what's going on in the landscape of college football in general so when you're one person you obviously can't be to every game on a Saturday afternoon 
And without a beat writer assigned there, as we no longer have, then you have to pick and choose. And and all I was the point I was trying to make, and I think people got upset about it, was win loss matters. You know, yeah. like is it is it the only thing? No, of course not. I mean, the fact of the matter is, we've written a lot about what they're doing, which is enormous, right? Three hundred and twenty million dollar stadium. Are you kidding me? On campus, they've talked about it for so many years. We've seen what it's done for the landscape of college football at uh, other institutions like UCF going to Power Five and all that. We we get it, you know. And he's written a series of stories that some might take issue with or not. Um, and so I, I think people feel like, oh, now you know you're interested, or oh, now you know here comes a story about financing, and 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 suddenly there's interest. But it's not the kind of story maybe that that uh, that certain USF fans want. But that's just the business, right? It's like we, we report. And unfortunately, um, I wish we had all the resources because I think they deserve, I mean, you got a division one program right here in Tampa. Absolutely. You'd like to have, um, and and talk to Joey Knight about it. I mean, he, you know, it it wasn't his decision to, to, to not cover USF full time. So, um, that, that happens. That's just part of the business. And you, you understand that part because you were in an industry with me at one point on radio that got smaller and smaller at times too. You could do less and less. It just just all depends. And for those that don't know, I've been for now. This will be starting year seven in wow. charge of base in charge of basically the the radio branch at USF. It's mm-hmm. called it's the digital channel on your on, now on TuneIn app, and you can get it all over the place. Um, USF Bulls Unlimited. So I come at it from the USF perspective, and mm-hmm. fortunately, an outlet like not to give myself too much publicity here, but mine, yeah, you're going to get everything that happens at USF. Uh, they had a kid win a national championship, high jumper, Romaine Beckford, a couple of weeks ago. They had mm-hmm. three new members inducted or announced as far as their upcoming Hall of Fame members. That kind of thing gets covered. But yeah, when you have one college beat writer that has to cover the entire state, that's, uh, yeah, you've got to kind of pick and choose. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and listen, I can I can run it from both ways. I could say, you yep. know, the people that think that that the Times is purposefully negative on USF and just pouncing at negative. Now that's ridiculous. Like they're rooting against the Bulls. That is ridiculous. But you have to flip it around. And for those that are actually upset at Matt Baker and think he has some sort of agenda, which of course he doesn't, <laughs> just just try and flip the script on yourself if you think that's the truth. Now, if Matt Baker were to write a string of positive features on whatever sport at sure. USF, football players, track mm-hmm. and field, soccer, mm-hmm. would you react, people that don't like Matt Baker, by complimenting him? Or would you stay <laughs> silent, probably stay silent, or would yeah. you say something to the effect of, well, that's what you're it's supposed about to do. Time. And if you do that... Yeah. You are doing the exact same thing you accuse him of being, which is, you know, yeah. a negative person. So yeah. just, you know, realize that truthfully, he is as fair as they come. He generally, and he is so good at it. And I talk about the journalism, respect the background work that he does on his mm-hmm. stories. Yeah. These are not fluff pieces ordinarily that he does. And if they're not all positive, well, then then think about that. I mean, should you, Rick, you know, when the Bucks lose two games in a row, just focus on how 
great the receiving core was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you have to cover everything involving a program that you cover, and that's all he's doing. That's all he's doing right now. So, uh, believe yeah. me, uh, the indoor performance facility. Uh, has been covered. That is a major, major lift to their program. And yes, this on-campus stadium is going to continue to be a story. And specifically, what he has been talking about is part of the financing. The plans for the financing uh, is incumbent upon the crowds and the ticket sales and that kind of thing. And it's worth it's worth questioning. And I don't think uh, it comes from a negative place. So I, I do want to back you guys a little bit, but also back my guys as well. And now we can get into the news of the last few days. There you go. And, uh, and and make sure you listen to USF Bulls Unlimited because that's that's the guy. Derek Sharp is going to tell you everything you need to know about USF. And from time to time, we'll parachute in and tell you what we think are great stories. And hopefully, new head coach, a lot of excitement. Um, yep. you know, it's always a restart. Uh, this is a time of year where, you know, it's, it's sort of the quiet before the storm. But, um, you know, truly... Uh, I know because I've known a lot of people over there, not just yourself, but others over the years. And I don't think there could be anything greater than for USF's program, all of the programs. We've seen what the, the women's basketball team has done. You'd love to see it for the men's basketball team. You'd love to see it for the for the football team. What would be greater than a major college program catching fire here, you know, and and uh, whether whether that's baseball, anything. Um, I, I think it would be a great story and it'd be great for the area. And, and if you're in sports, uh, and we all are. That's why we're on Sports Day Tampa Bay. Um, you want as many good stories, and those would be good stories too. So that's it. Uh, we'll, we'll move on now for the time being, but I'm sure we'll talk more USF because I actually have a question for you mm-hmm. about a former USF player here coming up in just a minute. But first, we'll talk about the Rays a little bit. And, of course, they split over the weekend uh, with the Kansas City Royals. In fact, uh, they went 3-3 three and three in this latest homestand. They had a two-game set with the Baltimore Orioles uh, to start this series Tyler Glass now, the good news is that uh, he was on fire. I mean, the fastball was great. Uh, 12 strikeouts uh, in his appearance. Uh, I think there was some concern. I don't know if it was concern. I mean, Glass now spoke to it when they saw the velocity down in his last start. He thought it was mechanical. Clearly, that was it. He was close to touching 98 in this in this game on Sunday. Um, so, so he was outstanding. And I think, you know, you y- just – with the Rays and and having lost two starters already, and we'll get into Shane McClanahan in just a minute, uh, who's uh, supposed to be pushed back now, I think, until Friday, um, you just kind of hold your breath. You know, this has been such a magical start to the season, whether it's on 26, 27 games over 500, whatever it is. And, you know, the, the pitching has always sort of driven this team. Of course, this year they're hitting the ball like crazy, scoring a lot of runs. That's what's new. Um, and they, the bats really weren't awake in this series, and it's unusual. I mean, the Royals came in here with the second-worst record in the majors. When they got here, they'd only won 20 games all season. Um, and, of course, the Rays had been fantastic at the Trop, so even to split with them might feel like a little bit of a disappointment, but those are major league players over there. They didn't get a lot of hits um, really on Sunday either, um, but they did do enough to win 3-1, to one and, um, you know, you're going to have these hiccups, these parts of the season that not everything's going to go your way. And I think sometimes we get spoiled, especially the way they've started. Yandy Diaz had four hits. Um, By the way, here's what I miss. (laughs) There are certain things I miss about, about uh, when we did radio was the Chaskis. They gave out the Yandy sleeves. Do you see this thing? So they had Yandy uh, before the game 
And of course, he looks like he has about 25 inch biceps. I don't know. I've seen a guy in the clubhouse, and I'm used to seeing football players. He's got a football player's body. Like it's oh, unusual. No it's unusual. It's stunning when you walk in there and you go, "Holy God!" Um, you you play baseball, like, uh, and everybody else, you know, looks like a regular dude. Um, but Yandi stands out in so many ways. So they had the sleeves going, uh, which they handed out. I think those were those were maybe the tchotchkes over the weekend which were really cool. And then he goes out and bangs four hits. And then I see the headline is Diaz with four hits, but power, power is down. <laughs> you know, wait a minute. Um, oh, come yeah, on. Okay, let, let's, let's is that another misleading here. headline by the team? Yeah. Just I, kidding, I, I'm just kidding. Even, even I was kind of like, well, I don't know. Is that, so we really want to say that like four hits, man, you know how hard it is to get four hits in a game, but I guess he hasn't had a home run in, I don't know how many days. Um, you know, but I look, uh, those will come back as he starts hey, to feel better. I saw I saw someone, you know, one of those analytic experts. I don't even know their name. It was coming sure. and going on Twitter earlier today that uh, was, you know, the 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 guy is hitting 400 for Miami, but you know, total bases. <laughs> he's a singles guy. He's not a slugger. <laughs> <laughs> come on, man. I know. Yanni Diaz, uh, four for four. You'll take. But the thing is, with class now, I mean. Listen, I was just a little concerned because after his last start, it was so specific that it was something in his mechanics. And of course, he's not going to tell us exactly what it was sure. um, to so, so that everybody can pounce on it. But he admitted today it was had to do with his leg kick and it was throwing his arm angle off and his release mm-hmm. point off. And thank goodness. Good job, pitcher and coaching staff. It was obviously uh, a thing in the past today or Sunday, but yeah, the only strange thing about he didn't get the win, but that that's not relevant. The fact that he found he solved his issue was relevant and he struck out 12 was the yeah. important thing. But Mark Wagner, who I actually know, he's kind of got ties to Plant City, the umpire. Getting yeah. Pet, getting oh, pegged, man. Getting pegged kind of brought an end to uh, Glassnell's day because it was about a 15-minute delay. Yeah. Yeah, and it, and it's rare that you see, you know, those umpires take these shots in the face and the mask and all that. And I'm, uh, and everywhere else, by the way. And I'm always surprised how they're able to just shake it off, so to speak. Taylor Swift, I don't, I don't know how they do it. Um, but this one, this one, you know, was worth saying, hey, you know, let's 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 not just rush you back up here on a two and two count. Let's take this one. And they say he had to go with the three umpires. But yeah, that was that was a, a, unfortunate for for Glass because. He was uh, he was dealing and and yet, um, you know, coming off Tommy John surgery, I mean, you're not going to push the guy out there. Sure. Uh, he retired 14 of the last 19 he faced, didn't allow an extra base hit, which was a first. And when you compare it to his previous outing, when things were not going well, and he gave up the six hits and and six runs and a couple of walks and just four and a third, um, with the slight drop in velocity, they, this is the sort of bounce back that, that the Rays were looking for. So, um, yeah, whatever, you know, whatever they did in the bullpen or, you know, in the time in between Kyle Snyder does such a great job as a pitching coach. And I guess he was sort of harping, um, sort of on, on the, the changes they made and, and then also throughout the game. So he was way better and that's encouraging because you just, anytime you see, Oh, the guy's, you know, not throwing as hard. It kind of bothers you. Jose Siri um, was sort of the star of the game. He hit one 415 feet. Ties Randy Rosarena for the lead in the Rays' home runs with 14. 
And he's <laughs> a guy that's missed some time, and he and he's not necessarily the guy you'd consider like you know a home run leader. He has been so overly impressive. I know when they made the trade, he you, you instantly want to look at numbers, and they weren't that impressive. He was below two hundred for Houston, and mm-hmm. you obviously I didn't know anything about him, but. Got to trust the front office that they have done their diligence and mm. saw what, as it turned out to be absolutely, was uh, the amazing talent that he has, the speed. And really, it was him uh, getting on base there to start off the inning yeah. where they took the lead. Mm-hmm. And, you know, on an infield single, there was an error, and he just creates that sort of havoc. You can't uh, underscore that kind of thing. But the power, they knew it was there. The potential, they knew it was there for that. And that's what's so impressive. Also got to say one thing about Sunday's win, because Lord knows if it what didn't go that way, could have made a big difference. And that was four relievers, four innings each, no yeah. hits. So yep. <laughs> that you need that. You need to pull through. And uh, at the end of it all, even though Saturday was not a good day, the Rays at the exact midway point of the season now have won exactly two-thirds of their games. You'll take crazy, that every time. Man. Yeah, it's crazy. And yet... The Baltimore Orioles are hanging in there. I mean, they're having an unbelievable year. Yep. And, of course, they split with the Rays uh, in this homestand earlier. So you would think that with the kind of start the Rays have had and the kind of record they've had, that the American League East has a ton of really good teams, And um, um, starting with the Orioles. And, and I'll tell you, if you do play Baltimore, I know this, you, you better get them in seven because when it gets to eight and nine, mm-hmm. uh, they have some light lights out uh, back of the bullpen guys. Uh, that can just just shut it down. So um, that's going to be fun to watch pretty much all year long. But yeah, big win. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. For them. And, uh, and I mentioned um, also... You know, Shane McClanahan, the news on him is good. Now, he he left, speaking of velocity, they came and got him out of a game the other day um, when they noticed that uh, he wasn't, whether it was you know, not just the velocity, but just the way he looked, um, having some back issues, uh, said it was tightening up on him a little bit. Nothing that seems to be very serious, although they're going to push him back, I think, to Friday. Uh, but that is the unmistakable ace. I mean, uh, this is the guy that started the all-star game a year ago, um, leads baseball in almost every category should be the, should be the starter. If he's healthy enough to go this year, think about that, Derek, back to back left-hander starting the all-star game for the American league league. Um, and, and he's from where right here (laughs) from USF. Now I knew there were great reports about him coming out. But I'm telling you, when you watch this guy work and the intensity that he that he plays with um, every time out, sometimes I think he can be his own worst enemy. But the, the 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 stuff is ridiculous, and what he's doing is as good as any left-hander in baseball has done for a while. Like uh, this is this is incredible what he's racking up right now. And the amazing thing is, you know, I got to call his uh, games for one year, the first year 
I started mm-hmm. with USF was 2018 as far as baseball went. Right. And he actually struggled that year. It's why he, hmm. relatively speaking, it's yeah. why yeah. he ended up going. That's why I ended up going to the Rays, which was late in the first round with that supplemental pick, um, because he he had issues with with control and 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 like you just mentioned, the stuff that was never mm-hmm. a question. Mm. He would get into uh, games where he would just lose it for a little bit. He'd end up getting four or five runs, and the pitch count would would rack up. And and so I knew I knew that he had everything you needed if he could just get that part of it under control. Yeah. It could make an immediate impact. <laughs> I didn't think it would be as immediate as it has been, but oh it gosh. just makes me so proud to see him out there. And uh, it's a good, good job by the Rays grabbing him and not letting him go. Hopefully, yeah. No, they don't. They don't miss on many people, but but he is a he is a truly uh, what he is doing um, as a left-hander in baseball with the kind of velocity and this the four-pitch wipeout stuff. And just his consistency, you know, the consistency that he has had now for two years, um, like I said, should be the hands down the starter in the all-star game, assuming that he can continue on uh, Friday and beyond. Um, There's no question, I think, in anybody's mind that he shouldn't start again uh, in that game and hopefully have a little bit better outcome. But um, just just an honor. And, And there is your local star right there is your guy right in his own backyard pitching at home. Um, it's just a terrific story, and it just gets better and better all the time. I want to get into uh, what was sort of the back end of this Wander Franco situation because he did have a chance to to talk himself after the two-game suspension by the Rays, um, and we have not spoken about that um, since we were last on Sports Day Tampa Bay. But first, I want to tell you guys real quickly how to save money on your electric bill. It's called May electric solar that's a family-owned and operated company they've been installing solar electric systems now for 12 years there's a lot of these companies out there that you see that'll knock on your door but may electric solar is committed to you for the long term how long will they guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty plus with every installation you get 750 dollars worth of surge protection for all your appliances that's what they're calling the may difference if you visit the hudson showroom May Electric displays all their products. They conduct on-site testing. You can see exactly what they're going to install. They will customize it exactly to your needs. Plus, they don't use subcontractors, so you know who is doing the job. Those are all Billy Mays guys and girls up there pounding in those solar panels. So start saving today. Call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate, lower electric bill all year long. Preserve the quality of your appliances through every storm season. That's May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862, or you can visit mayelectricsolar.com. All right, so Derek, when we um, kind of last uh, had our broadcast on Friday, um, I think Wander had been suspended for the two games, and, and it was a you know sort of a preemptive announcement before uh, as reporters gathered around Kevin Cash, and he, and he said – you know, nothing specific, but some cryptic things about, you know, uh, Wander handling disappointment and being a good teammate with respect to his reaction to some things. I know there was, you know, some bats thrown and um, maybe he didn't run out some balls or didn't hustle in the infield. Different things um, were sort of alluded to, but but not a lot of specifics, but they just felt like, hey, they had been kind of on him about this stuff and they sort of felt this, it was just time to send the message, so to speak. And it wasn't trying to do it to humiliate him publicly. 
Um, I think Kevin Cash is a two-time AL manager of the year for a reason. Probably does as good a job or has done as good a job based on his awards and his record uh, of, of understanding the pulse of his clubhouse. And, you know, you have to manage everybody. You know, you're not trying to set examples, but but, but you got to have rules. And, and guys have to have a certain decorum. And Wander's a young player. I thought they did a good job of saying how much they love him. He's 22 years old. They're, they're, they're standing behind him. But they thought, okay, enough is enough. And I don't think it's coincidence that they waited for the Kansas City Royals to come to town. Um, <laughs> but nonetheless, they only split those two games. Uh, but, but, you know, he did play against, against the Orioles. Um, and, and then of course, as, as you would expect a young superstar to do on his first game back, his first at bat, he hits one 400 feet and his next at bat, he drives in another run. Uh, so, you know, uh, then you go, well, voila, see, it worked. Um, and, and we'd like uh, to announce we're going to suspend him for the next two games. (laughs) That's right. Like, (laughs) Hey man. Um, but yeah, so you, you, you think that, uh, okay. Message, message received now. What I will say is is this, because I am certainly not in that clubhouse, and I don't know anything but sort of what I watch and what my experience has been being in other locker rooms before. Um, I, there was one little item in Mark Tompkins' story that I thought was that he thought was interesting enough to put in there, and therefore I thought it was interesting to read. Um, and it was, you know, they had a, a Randy Rosarena sort of shirt given away on Friday night. And guys were wearing it, I guess, uh, over the weekend or whatnot. Uh, maybe it was that night or the next night, whatever whatever day they gave it away. Maybe they gave it away Saturday. I don't know. Um, but it was uh, every guy in the clubhouse was given one for warm-ups. And they all put it on. You know, it's a promotional thing. Kind of the tchotchkes we talked about that I would love to add. Oh, my um, gosh. That brought back some <laughs> memories. People, people all know, you know, the race wanted us to have uh, the background knowledge necessary to talk about every single giveaway. That's so we right. ended up getting all of them. Now, it'll be a different show on a different day. Where we talk about some that didn't go over so well, but but most of them yeah. are pretty cool. Yeah. So so on to these Rosarena shirts. Well, I'm still still uh, staring at my Joe Madden gnome right now. Uh, oh, that's speak. right. That's so that a winner. A great, that's a good one. Um, but yeah, so so the one guy, who would you who would you imagine on the day they're talking to Wander Franco about coming off this two game suspension, who would you think is not wearing the Randy Rosarena shirt? It's Wander Franco. Mm. So um I look, I don't know. Uh there was a, a I guess a fairly well known spat between those two in the dugout at some point, either last year or this year or both. Um I would just say this, like, you know. I, I played team sports. You played them before. Like no, no one's going to get along all the time. And when you, you take 25 or 40 guys or whatever the number is and put them together for six months, there will be arguments and disagreements. And, you know, it's, it, it's hard to live with family, much less teammates that you may or may not care for off, off the field, but you got to find a way um, to make it work and, and, and fight like hell to win, you know, and back each other when you're playing. Um, I have you and seen... Tom did a great job of that on the radio. <laughs> I knew you we were going to go there. <laughs> Well, there were some times when the show was much better when the mics were off than when they were on. Uh, and but we always managed to uh, get off the floor and and uh, and get back up in time for the for the red light to come on. But yeah, there was well, there uh, was that one time with Tom, but we won't get into that. <laughs> All right, yeah, uh, that's true. Um, he wasn't feeling good. Go ahead. No, no, but Wait, no. Your your point. Your point is well, well my taken. My point is is that like not and, and and I have seen this and and here's what I'm wondering. And this is just me talking to you and whoever else wants to listen. Um, 
I wonder if there's not just a little bit of Wander Franco having signed an enormous contract and from the time he's been in baseball has been targeted and and or proven uh, in a short span that he is special. He is he is an, an unusual talent, especially at age 22, that can do everything at shortstop and with the bat as a switch hitter. Um, has no really apparent weaknesses to his game. And yet, here comes Randy Orozarena, a little older, guy was in another organization, goes to the World Baseball Classic and hits it, and then carries that on into the season. And the next thing you know, they've got Randyville in left field. Hmm. Now, if I'm Wander Franco, and I've seen this, sometimes there's not enough room for two superstars. Right. Like the clubhouse can get really small, really fast. And I just wonder if Franco isn't got a little bit of, I don't know, Randy envy with, I guess you would call, I just, I don't (laughs) know what that thing is. You know what I mean? Because I have seen this on a different level and it was, it was funny when it played out because I was kind of in the middle. I felt like a kid between two parents, but back in the day, as they say, uh, and I'm talking way back, 2002, right? 2002. Can I, okay, can I guess? Um, yeah, go ahead. Was it? See if you can pick the two players. Yeah, 2002. That was pre-Keyshawn, right? Super Bowl. Nope. Mm-mm. No, oh, he was on the was Super Keyshawn. Bowl team. Yeah, there's one. <laughs> How did I guess? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, would it have been? Oh, I, I gosh, I can see him. I can see him, but I can't think. Go ahead. It's the other receiver. Yeah, you can't. Nope, nope. Wasn't a receiver. It was a bigger personality. Is Warren Sapp. Oh, okay. Yeah. Warren Sapp and Keyshawn Johnson are from opposite ends of the ball and certainly opposite ends of the country. Um, you know, because Keyshawn came in here about 2000, I think, under Tony Dungy and uh, and was still here when when John Gruden came and they won a Super Bowl that year. But but I was, you know, those are two go-to guys. If you're in the locker room and and you cover the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I mean, throw me the damn ball guy and from New York, you know, the number one overall pick from USC and then Warren Sapp, for goodness sakes, the best defensive player in the league. Um, you you know, and Warren would sit at the old one buck place, which was kind of like a trailer park. Uh, you know, they would they did everything in, in, in the locker room. They ate, they slept, they, you know, there was no other place to go. He would he positioned his locker right in the front. When you walked in the door, you were staring at Warren Sapp. Uh, and so he wanted to know everything that was his locker room, but he would watch, he would watch us and I'd go over and talk to Keyshawn and eventually you'd make your way around to Sap. And Sap was always that guy that was like, you know, I see what you're doing. Like, uh, I see you, you, you get, you, you get what he says and then you come over here and get the truth. <laughs> and mm-hmm. both of those guys, they just off the field, they were so different and yet so similar in terms of their abilities on the field were, were next level, obviously, but they, there, there seemed to be something between them. You know what I mean? Oh, like sure. they, and, and they just sap wasn't Keyshawn and Keyshawn was never going to be sap. And that was okay with him. Um, but, it, but there just was always that thing there. And I just, this is just me having covered pro sports and just wondering how much of this is just those two guys, I mean, you know, and Wander obviously is, is uber competitive and, and, and yeah, he's young and maybe he's not reacting well to certain things that go against him. Um, you know, strikeouts or not getting ahead or whatever. Um, but, 
there, there might be a little bit more, you know, it might be, I mean, I just, I'm sitting here watching all this Rosarena stuff and I'm going, you know, they got two superstars and I just, I just kind of curious about that. And it can reveal itself. And, and the m- most important thing about it is if it does re- reveal itself and hurts the team on the field. Yeah, and yeah. that's where, if he was in a mood per se, uh, that, you know, not running out of ground ball and mm-hmm. little things. And you talk about some things in my opinion that aren't necessarily little things, uh, little tantrums in the, in the dugout, you just can't have those on a consistent basis. And it right. does sound, it does sound like he took it well, which is mm-hmm. very important. And yeah. <laughs> your point is well taken about choosing to do it before, you know, playing Kansas city as opposed to playing Baltimore yeah. or well, they're not uh, idiots. New York yeah. or whoever. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I think fortunately, it's sounding anyway, like you're going to look back on it and think nothing of it. But I think right. it was also in a way good that they put it out on front street because Absolutely. that's going to humble the kid just a little bit too. You would think anyway. Well, he knows that everybody's watching now and, and uh, you know, it seems as though he's going to, uh, you know, to be more cognizant of those kinds of things that, uh, that the race have warned him about. But yeah, it was uh it was just interesting. I, it just got me to thinking that, boy, you know, I, I wonder if, uh, uh, since, since they have mentioned his sort of a schism between him and Randy for a while now, I just wonder if that's, there's not just a little bit of back and forth and, and just all that the Rays have done Randy land Friday night, you know, like it's a thing, man, at Tropicana field, maybe there'd be wonderland or Wonderster, I don't, I don't know. What well, yeah, it, we're gonna have, we're gonna have to come up with that idea right away because <laughs> <laughs> I've been thinking about it myself. Yeah. Uh, by tomorrow's show, I'll have a, a snazzy name, but yeah, yeah, you're the marketing if, guy. If, there you go. If that, if that's uh, in place by next next home games, then we'll know, we'll know that you're right on with that. Well, we'll wrap it up with this because uh, I'm a college baseball guy, former way back when, 100 years ago when they were using wood bats. No, I use aluminum bats too. Although I do wish they would find a way with this. You know, can we get some NIL money for some wood bats? Let's go. Um, But the Florida Gators, who lost game one in a a crushing 10-inning affair um, with with great pitching and, and, you know, some timely hitting by LSU, uh, they come back and eke out – 24 to four, two safeties. What happened? Um, <laughs> this was unbelievable. I mean, you talk about a slugfest and of course they've got the bats to do it. Right. Um, but they hit six home runs and you know, it, it was, I guess the wind might've been blowing out a little bit because oh, yeah, it was got it the was ball up in the air. Yeah. That grand slam, although he mm-hmm. hit, the, hit the bleep out of it, he got really underneath it and <laughs> the did. wind helped take it out. But uh, that today was Sunday was a good example of why there is there is this thing called the run rule uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> because if for those that don't know during the season right. it's at, sometimes there's exceptions in conference play but mostly it's agreed to to be ten runs through seven innings well they had fifteen to three after <laughs> seven and of course the idea for the run rule is. <laughs> any division one program that's getting beat by 10 runs in the seventh inning during the regular season. And they've got, you know, two more games coming up on the weekend. They need to win is not going to throw a good picture. They're not going to waste an arm and they're going to throw their 
their their weakest arm and it just turns into a route which is what we saw today uh the reason they don't have run rule in the college world series is there's a chance someone's season could come to an end and you don't want them going wait a second give us a chance i mean Mm -hmm. this is it now or Mm -hmm. never but today trust me lsu would have gladly taken that run rule and moved on uh but it is going to be i mean you could not have asked for much more and in my opinion if the gators win it or whoever wins it, obviously LSU or the Gators to me winning. And I've been in college sports now for six years with my job, winning the NCAA championship in baseball, I think is the hardest championship to pull off because you have to go through an amazing stretch of games. Even if you're one of the best teams in the country and you get to host your mm-hmm. regional, you're going to run into some good teams. Ask Oklahoma State, which got paired up with Oral Roberts, which had won 19 games in a row. And just to get out of your own region is something. Then the Super Regional is actually kind of the easiest, as it were, because it's just a regular series, two out of three, which the Gators handled pretty well. But, man, you lose one game, and, of course, in Omaha, you're playing the best teams in the country. Yeah. You have to really go through the difficult route you have to end up winning five games and your pitching Mm. just gets stretched so thin to be able to do it. Like the Gators have put themselves one spot away. And I'm telling you folks, you got to watch it. You got to watch it on Monday night. Um, I don't know if you know about the LSU pitching staff. Of course they had to, they, they had to play the number one team in the country, Wake Forest to get, into the championship series with the Gators. And again, that's what makes it so difficult. You have to go through all these stages just to get to the finals, which is another two out of three. And Paul Skeens, who is no doubt going to be the number one pitcher taken. He is Mm -hmm. actually, he pitched in that game on Thursday. He's not going to go seven innings, but he's probably going to start against the Gators. He of the 13 and two record a one, six, nine ERA, 122 innings, 209 strikeouts. And he is just, Unbelievable, hundred mile an hour heater, really good changeup, really good slider, and it's going to be him at the start. The Gators will probably go with Caglione, the kid who's uh, a power hitter. Also, their their game three starter. They'll have Neely to pitch. Mm-hmm. It is going to be incredible to watch. I cannot wait, actually. And yeah, I'm definitely cheering for Florida, big time. Uh, just in general. I've liked all my dealings with them, so there's a little bit of personal stuff when it comes to rooting for them, generally speaking. But also, if they win, we can say that the USF Bulls beat the national champs. They did. <laughs> they You're did. right. They did. Yeah, they I, I did. was going to ask you about that. It was, the, it was the best night, probably weeknight for sure, in mm-hmm. USF sports history, because mm-hmm. on the same night, where I think I know they went five and zero. Oh, softball rallied twice in a doubleheader at home. I Baseball remember was that. Down. Yeah, it, it was. I think it was actually two two. I think it was February twenty second. Mm. Now that I'm thinking about it, but it, it, whatever it was in February, so twenty second makes most sense because that's when the baseball season's just starting. I think right. that was the date. Uh, at U.S. Uh, the the men's basketball team was in Orlando, beat UCF. Uh, women were at home senior night, won an exciting game, scored 93 points. And what made it the complete best night was the baseball team was down eight to three going into That's the ninth right. inning That's and right. ended up winning it in extra innings. So, yeah, yeah. It, that, of course, the Gators won a lot more games than the Bulls did, but they could say that they beat them the one night Got in Gainesville. 
And so we'll be pulling for them to win the national championship. I remember that being one of the, one of the best nights in USF sports. I do. And, and the comeback against the Gators. And, and, and I, it's interesting you say that because you have, you have absolutely uh, uh, either broadcast or covered or been part of all those sports uh, on the college landscape. And there are, look, it's no, it's no picnic to win any of them. Right. Right. None um, are easy. But the structure of, of baseball now, when you get to Omaha, like, it, you know, this tournament used to go on for two weeks. I mean, they, there was Omaha loved hosting it and they didn't care how long it took. I mean, I remember covering it a hundred years ago, it seems. And Florida state was always there. Um, and they had winner's bracket and loser's bracket. It was all double elimination all the way through. Right. And so, and, and so they'd have a bunch of games on one day and then they come back with the loser's bracket the next day. But if it rained, which it typically did in Omaha in the summer, they would just move everything another day. In other words, they wouldn't try to make up games. It'd be like, okay, so losers bracket was supposed to play on Tuesday and it got rained out. Yeah, they'll do it on Wednesday and then we'll just move everything down a day. And I was there for two weeks once. Wow. In Omaha, Nebraska, waiting for this damn tournament to get over because they they had ESPN, but it wasn't like they had a national um final, you know, that was scheduled set on TV. And now the way it is, um, you can't have a hiccup until you get uh, to this best of three series here at, at the end of the World Series. And then just to put a capper on it being the toughest national championship, I'm just talking about the tournament itself. Yeah. Uh, specifically, uh, I'm not usually one of these, you know, beat your chest, SEC, rah, 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 they're so great. Right. But obviously in baseball, they are incredible uh, mm-hmm. because the last two national champions, Ole Miss and Mississippi State, Mm-hmm. Did not make it to the NCAA tournament because <laughs> they did not finish in the top ten in the SEC. So truly, it is the toughest one in my opinion to to win, and it's fitting that two SEC teams are in the final. Yeah, it's going to be great, and and you're right. I, I'm looking forward to seeing Skeen pitch. I hope they don't make him throw too many innings because he he could very likely, and I think I've seen some projections where he would be the number one pick. Uh, in baseball's draft. So uh, why not? Well, the kind of stuff that he has. All right. Well, this has been fun. This has been great. Uh, we're going to do this again tomorrow, of course, with Derek Sharp. And I want to remind you guys, um, get your mailbag questions in because we'll have time for those as well. You can do that by sending them uh, on Twitter to us at SportsDayTV. You can send them to me on Twitter at NFL Stroud or my email address is rstroud at Tampa Bay. Dot com for Derek Sharp for the vacationing Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tempe Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 